It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 81. Seeds of Doom. Ooh. A garden of evil. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly baby? The Charlie's been working properly is capable of many amazing things. The first polarity of the neutron flow is that the TARDIS would be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. The divinity is like a person. Resulting reaction. Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, uh, your tri-weekly classic Doctor Who review podcast. Switching it up uh, for Dan, making Dan doing it right, making it making the world go round right here. Hey man, hey Eric, how have you been, Dan? It's been only seven days. (laughs) This is ridiculous for us to see each other again so soon. Yeah, we. But in in podcast world, it's been an excruciating three weeks. Yeah, that's fine. You're going to hear this late. We will be farther in time than we are now. Yeah, so we're time other. traveling right now. Yeah, Dan and I are closer in time to each other than the versions of Dan and Eric you've grown to love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking of growing to love. <laughs> okay. Should we, just, should, should we adopt a baby? No. Should <laughs> That'll we, save our no, marriage. <laughs> should we uh, get into it? Do you have anything? I'm just tired. I'm so. I mean, we said this last time. You and I are both away when we normally record this. So we're recording this on a Monday evening. Yeah. So apologies. And I'm. To people. We're. The energy is going to be super high, folks. Yeah, we I'm, went from I'm ready a. To go though. Went from a seven parter in the last seven parter. No, Inferno was twenty five parts. Inferno was twenty five parts. Weird. This, okay, hold on. Pump what? the brakes. Okay. I didn't look at the next episode. So Don't. This could break. This could break what got set up. But we were talking about weird coincidences and all of a sudden yeah. enemy of the world matched up with inferno but the episodes have gone eight seven six so i'm hoping that our next story is a five-parter i don't think there exists a five-parter in doctor who world but if it is i hope it's what we do next well the next one's kinda it, which it, it, look- it should be a five-parter oh, hang on hang on if it is oh, i think it's uh, a double four-parter uh, we lost it but, but we did you go can watch seven six so that was you can watch weird. the third episode twice if you want to if you wanted to I, why do you watch the third episode I, twice why not that makes it five parts no could i be see the first what you're episode. doing you're playing with math yeah and, no, no, yeah you it's a numbers game man that's, that's how we make the, our money that's black volume so let's just hit that button uh, unless you All have right. something to add i i certainly don't i would like to uh tend to my garden with you and plant my seeds of doom. I don't want to know what that's a euphemism for. I hope everyone watched Seeds of Doom because uh, there's also a Seeds of Death, which we're also, I think, reviewing. But I had a mini heart attack a- when I was starting to watch Seeds of Doom, and I was like, oh, God, am I watching the wrong one? And I, I was going to have to watch the Seeds of Death. But it's not Seeds of right. Death. It's Seeds of Doom. Doom of Death. Doom of Death. Ready to Hand go. Hand of Doom. Hit that button. Hand of Penetration. <laughs> Wait, no, that was the last. That was one. last week. Uh, last week, yeah, was or three weeks ago. You hit the button, Dan. Hitting it. Some visitors, Mister Chase. Sir, the meddling doctor. You lead a charmed life. 
you arrive without a chauffeur, not even a touch of frostbite. How do you do? Have you met Miss Smith? She's my best friend. Is she? And still beautifully intact, I see. I try my best under the circumstances. And this is Mr. Scorby. I don't know his first name. And these two gentlemen... Uh, yes, thank you, Doctor. We are acquainted. How nice. Hand over the pod. This was... This is or this was? Still is. Was this both. is Seeds of Doom. Uh, this is the sixth and final serial of uh, 13th season. Lucky number 13. It was written by Robert Banks Stewart. Three names. Gotta be good. Script editor at this times was Robert Holmes. Pour one out, because that's why it's so good. Oh, wait. I guess I played my hand too early. Directed by Uh-oh. Douglas Camfield of the Camptown Camfields. Uh, an ant artist. <laughs> Sometimes I am so dumb that uh, it makes me so happy. An Antarctic artist. Uh, Science. I'm having so much trouble in Antarctic. Science station discovers alien plant life and grizzled beards. The doctor and Sarah Jane are sent to investigate. Meanwhile, an eccentric millionaire playboy with a penchant for synth-heavy post-punk and plants sends his hired goon and a rogue botanist to snatch the pod from the doctor's grasp. Unfortunately, for everyone involved, these plants turn you into giant plant monsters, and that's exactly what happens. Dan, what did you think? What did you think of the seeds? Of what did I think of your synopsis? Um, I really enjoyed this story. I thought this was such a good Tom Baker story. Um, again, I want to reiterate how much I love that we decided to alternate doctors as we're going forward here Um, yeah that was from a listener and we should give you props i don't remember who you are it was someone in the live show and the live show said why don't we just alternate and we said said, we're stealing that idea uh because now it's now we get to see tom baker and i haven't seen him in a long time old tom tom and uh this felt like such a good tom baker story he had a wonderful performance the whole way through he got to um be an action star he got to have his his witty banter with sarah which is such a great combination obviously one of the classic who pairings in my estimation is the two of those uh folks together um a lot of wordplay um it wasn't quite as silly as some of his stuff has been in in the past uh some of the other stories that we've seen but um uh overall i really enjoyed it uh especially some of the supporting performances i i enjoyed uh, quite a lot uh we can dive into that as we go um but yeah, overall, a solid story. Eric, I think I already know what you think of this story. Yeah, I love this. This is probably one of my favorite Doctor Who stories of all of the Doctor Who stories. What? Well, I would say, like, if I was ever unsure who my favorite Doctor was, which I, I don't think I've ever really been unsure, <laughs> but if I've ever wavered, like, this was just a constant reminder of how much I love Tom uh, Tom Baker. Like, it, it's it's funny it's exciting it's six parts and to be honest with you it's perfectly six parts it's got like this nice prequel or not prequel prologue or like these first two uh, episodes make up pretty much their own story the back half works beautifully it's it's some of the best chemistry i think and i'm also a huge fan of this is my favorite period this 70s period 
where mm-hmm. uh, Robert Holmes is the script editor, and we're just coming off of the story before this was uh, The Brain of Morbius. And I love all of the horror nature to it. The story has a lot of stuff going on. It starts off, it feels like almost like the thing. You've got this, you know, it's like frozen, and there's an alien, and it's taking, you know, it's everywhere. But then you also have them solving a weird crime that doesn't really need to be, not a crime, but they're doing like detective work. Because yes. at one point, like the, the, the hired goon that is driving the limo leaves a million dollar painting in the trunk of the car, which they then use to identify the artist who drew it, who I'm assuming is a famous actress of some kind. And people in the, the UK would be like, oh, that's so and so. That's why she's in it. Because they do this detour and go to her house just to find out. That's how they they make the connection to the millionaire uh, later on. But I loved all of the stuff that they're looking and they're figuring it out. And Sarah Jane is the best companion. And Tom Baker is the best doctor. And both of them together. And they feed off of each other. And she's just as good as him. And I'm going all over the place. But one of the things I really like about her is she has completely has her own agency. And she knows what she's doing. And she's sort of like uh, a Lois Lane type, because I think she's a reporter, right? That's her backstory from what I remember. She was a reporter. But she also does fear so well. Like, she, when she's afraid for her yes. life, you feel it, but she's not. A, she doesn't fall apart. You know, yeah. like when she's yep. challenged and when she's stressed out, she stands up and she does these things. But it's not like she feels overpowered and she shouldn't be because there's like all this weird shit going on. But right, she's, right. she's so good at that of like mining that area between like confidence and being scared. But like she's just perfect. She's perfect. And the villains are all great. I love the the the, the svelte millionaire weirdo guy with his plant collection. And he reminded me a lot of the millionaire weirdo guy from City of Death. Who is trying oh, to yeah. steal like the and I was that's where the seeds come from. I imagine right. this, the seeds of doom are coming from the the city of death or something. But right. I, I don't know. I I uh, God, I loved it. I really was, like the whole yeah. the whole way through. I, I'm starting to like it even more now that you're talking about it. Um, no, I agree with all of that. Sarah Jane is Sarah Jane and um, the Fourth Doctor together are probably my favorite pairing ever. Um, and she just has so much to do in, throughout the entire story. Now they do; there are problems. They do have the. There um, are probably not any problems, Dan. You pro- have a what scene. What I mean to see is right. there are <laughs> there are opportunities, not problems. You have a scene where the doctor <laughs> is has a gun to him, like when he meets the the heavies, and he just says, "This is my like." What does he say? He says, "This is Sarah Jane. She's my best friend." Oh no! Have you met Miss Smith? She's my best friend. It's just, does he say a, that? He does. Does he really? He does so, like he's so great at like doing the opposite behavior of what you would expect. So yes. when he's in trouble, he's saying these random facts, or he does that scene where he's like introducing everyone. He goes, uh, "This is." He goes, "Have you have you met Miss Smith? She's my best friend." Then he starts introducing the thugs behind him with the gun. That guy, so and so, I right, don't know right. his last name. And then other times he'll get like a gun put to his head. And at that point, he should be scared, and that's when he starts threatening them. Like, he does, like, the opposite, but it just works. And I, I'm sorry to cut you off. Tell me about the problems with this perfect story. I take, I take it all back. <laughs> there were no problems with the story. It was perfect. No, with, um, with Sarah Jane, I, one of the things that happens quite often in, in a Doctor Who story, especially one that is more than four parts, 
is you have this back and forth. Sarah gets captured, she escapes, she gets captured again. Um, but in this case, every moment through that was so exciting that she, when she gets caught, the I believe it's the second time, and the doctor has to save her by crashing through the glass roof of the uh, of the laboratory. Yeah. I said laboratory. Who, who am I? Of the uh, of the laboratory down and and saves her just in the nick of time as the plant is opening up and is gonna. Uh, infector like that was just that was super fun um i really enjoyed that i loved so yeah so it it is in several different parts the first the first two did feel fairly self-contained and awesome in their own way yeah that the was a great claustrophobic nature of being inside um the an, an, antarctic station when most of the people are gone so it's it's both tight quarters and but also somewhat abandoned in a way right and they did um, a lot of we talked about how much we liked inferno for the sound design they do a lot with that with this too. Like there, you hear the wind, you hear all these things, and then on top of that, they have that video effect of the snow, which yeah. was really. I thought it was great. I mean, there were, you you can tell obviously that it's an effect, but I was losing myself in it. But it was an effective effect. It was an effective effect. It was yep. just really well put together, and I really like the characterization of those uh-huh. three scientists. They portray yes. one of them almost as a not a villain, but. He's like, let's just do mess with this uh, pod. You know, the doctor's coming. He's just going to take credit for him. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, they're setting him up to be a villain. But he, is, he isn't. He's just a no. human being who would act like that. When you're but he also seemed to be somewhat maybe under the spell of the pod because he could feel that there was a life force in it. So there was something, something eerie going yes, on, they, which is kind of cool. It was cool that you bring that up because that also ties in later where the – plants uh, the the creature takes over uh the billionaire all the plant life yeah the what um (laughs) so i had to also look up that line and you're absolutely right yes that was that that like this is a really funny script and not even in a funny ironic way or or like it's i I found it to be silly way it's not in a silly way like which i love like a douglas adams script can be silly this is not silly it's just it's funny he just yeah it's it's funny and absurd in a great way i loved it so what, so what, I'm sorry, what you say? I was saying, and it's it, it's absurd in a lot of ways, but mm. without being stupid. Um, right. I don't know. Go on. Nothing important. I'm just happy about it. <laughs> His tail is practically wagging. <laughs> um, so, so I mean, the, that that's to say, there's not there's not really problems with it. Those moments that you tend to see in a Doctor Who story that go on a, a bit too long, or some stories which can go on a bit too long. Uh, May have happened to this, but it didn't feel like it was um, taking away from the story as a whole. Yeah, we had so many interesting additional characters in this. There were a lot of of characters that had a lot to do. Um, sometimes these stories center around just a few, and then there's all these extraneous characters. There was a lot of people in this. You no, know, and everybody all the way had, down. Right, everybody had purpose, had motivation, had purpose. They were serving the plot from the very beginning. We had uh, we had Dunbar, who is working with the. What was the the world ecology something something that oh, we should look these up guys we don't do our homework um, but he was kind of being a double agent so he found out that they that this Arctic uh, Antarctic um, right. survey team had found the pods and then immediately goes he's going to sell it to, to Harrison Chase and offer offer to sell it to him um, but then he also has a redemption kind of story he, does. he realizes how yes. horrible this yeah. was and he offers to go back in and, and save uh, Sarah the and Doctor. And he gets eaten alive by the giant plant monster. R.I.P. So, that happens. Um, but but no you're right. Like, this th- everybody had purpose. Like, in thinking about Inferno, I was complaining about Sir... 
Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Uh, no, I like. I'm not going to complain about. Magneto. <laughs> I don't know why you were. It was Magneto a very strange and thing. Gandalf. No, the 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 guy that was like the bureaucrat, Sir Kevin, that I felt like couldn't get anything done. Right, it was the Sir guy Kevin. that they fake yeah. has, has whatever. Kevin Kev. There's no character like this. Even no. the renegade botanist character who's sort of trying to say the right thing becomes the main villain or becomes. I like love the... Keeler. I loved his performance. He was great. When we go to. So he's just a regular – like we see him at the beginning with um, Harrison Chase. The the You said playboy. He, he is by no means a playboy. But uh, the, the millionaire. Did you hear him jamming out with like what, that whole music scene where he's like, my flowers like to listen to music. <laughs> and then he's playing like it's it, it was like Gary Newman's house. Like I imagine like at some point. <laughs> like he had to why oh and and tom baker has that great line where he whispers to to sarah jane like i don't like the music and she's like what and then he says it out loud i don't know if it's i don't like the music it's probably something funnier than that but when he says it out loud, it's just awesome all right go on. you're such a huge fan of this i'm um, such a fan this is, boy no i love this this is great tom baker uh what was I saying? Oh, so Keeler. Keeler starts off, and he's, he's just—he's just—he's just some. She's just—he's just some henchman. So we, you have um, Keeler and uh, the other guy, the main one, Scorby. Right. Who um, is fantastic? The two of them, and they could have been two interchangeable heavies. But when they get to the Antarctic station, and they have the ruse that they had—they uh, were pilots, and their plane crash, and they stay there. It becomes clear that Scorby's the real bad guy, and is planning. To kill everybody to in order to steal the pod. And the agony that you see on Keeler as he's trying to come to terms with what he's going to have to do and wrestle with the fact that if I don't do this, I'm going to get killed. So much happens in that scene. Yeah. And it's just – he ends up being a bigger part because he becomes a plant monster. But he didn't need to be. But they gave uh, a meaty part to a really competent actor. And that was the true the whole way through. Even – oh, I mean, Amelia uh, Ducat. She pronounces she pronounces it differently than everyone else does, but whatever. Uh, the 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 uh, painter, she had so much to do. I looked at her IMDb while you said maybe she was someone that's recognizable. Maybe she was. She has a huge um, list of credits, but uh, nothing that you'd really that we would necessarily associate. No, but her I with. mean the people but she, of the time would know who she was. She was amazing. She was just so. No, funny. she was great, and she becomes. So she starts out as sort of a comedy thing, you know, because. Yes. She's like, I don't remember who I sold it to or whatever. And there, that right. part was funny, too, where they ask about the painting, and she's like, I, it's the one I'm not done with it yet. She, she forgets which ones are, yes. they're talking about, whatever. But then she comes back as a secret agent for Unit. Right, right. Which was like not so really awesome. expecting it, but it worked. It was fun. And then she offers her services if, she, if they ever need her again. Like, she, she was really just charming the whole way through. So you had them. You had, uh, you know... Um, I guess just the whole way down. I mean, how you how do you want to? You could wanna... pick anybody in this story, and you there was no reason to cut them. They all had a reason for being there. The only well, I will say there was. Um, is it Hargreaves? Yes, he's the only one. The older the the not the main villain. The butler. The butler. He was the butler. Maybe you didn't need him. <clears throat> But you needed that sort of you needed that sort of role. You it was good, the, yeah. Like he was fine. It was, it was fine. fine. I mean, that's but the, then that's, he he's the only one that didn't really have much as much, much of to a, do of an arc or, or anything. But that's Except, like that's a, a nitpick. I, I I wouldn't. He was great. You know, as an actor it, it was kind of showing. He was showing that Chase had you know 
uh, people in his employ that would do anything that he says. And you see that um, Keeler's been infected, and uh, Hargreaves, the butler, is just going along with it. Yeah, that him. was he a great the, scene. the master says, okay, put him in the cottage. We're going to feed right. him. And this guy's obviously dying, and he's, he's being covered in, you know, turning into plant matter. And the guy's just doing what he's told until he has a moment where he freaks out because this thing's going to get loose. So he even has this moment of terror. So he has more to do than just being some yeah, and some butler. That, that particular scene was really good where he's pleading for his life. Like, you got to get me to the hospital. Right. And then you right. look over at Hargreaves and you think, okay, he's going to stand up. And, gonna have a and, conscience. and he know he's like, no, he, yep. you got to listen. And it's like, oh, God, you're you're in the you're with snakes, my friend. Plant snakes. Yep. Yup. <laughs> and we also turned it to like a very we had a very 007 bond thing going on again with the the sh- the the compost machine. Okay, that was the other thing. And the uh, I'm going to set a timer and yeah. leave and nobody's going to watch and make sure you, you know whatever. That's all. So so yeah, there, there were those moments we have uh when they get captured initially at uh Chase's home. He decides, well, I'm going to kill you anyway, so I might as well take you on a tour of the entire place. And that's when he has the private concert for them. Um, I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. The fact that they go back to the composter at least three different times. One time successfully kills a soldier. The other times. Right. uh, The other time, Tom's in there. Sarah's in there once. And then eventually, um, uh, obviously, Chase dies in it, which was another moment for Sarah that was so good. That was Um, Tom, Tom, okay, so the doctor and Chase are are fighting inside the composter. Uh, the doctor gets out and is trying to pull Chase back out while Chase is struggling and trying to pull the doctor back in. Sarah's freed, except her arms are still bound, so the off switch is just out of her reach, and she's doing everything she can, um, <laughs> practically dislocating her shoulder in order to try to turn it off to save this guy. And when she can't, the look on her face, the anguish. I mean, it only lasts about ten seconds right. of no, this before a, they move on to the next part scene. of the story. And even Tom Baker, she got to do that. Her saying like, "I was trying to grab him, and he was yeah. trying to pull me in. I was trying to save him, and he was trying to pull me in." Right. It was right. a great little moment. Yeah. There was a lot of those little, really good scenes. The scene with um, uh, what's it? Not uh, Sorby. What's his, what's his, Scorpion. What's Scorpion. 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 Uh, the, the scene with the scorpions uh, and the guy <laughs> with the forks over his eyes. There's no one like you. Remember? Uh, no, but her, her, uh, Sarah Jane and him, when they had that scene about whether or not the doctor was going to come back and about what it is to be sort of right. a good person, and right. and you almost have a moment where he has a choice. Well, you do have a moment where he has a choice to do the right thing or to think about himself, and he chooses himself, and he ends up, you know. Uh, ending up in the water, right? He's, yeah, he's running yeah, because through, and under the water. he's in the water, and he, he gets taken down by the by the yeah. But there were so many good scenes of characters working through their stuff. It was not just monster chasing and fighting. Right. It was a very like right. human story. Uh, of uh, it was just so well put together. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I thought the. Uh... I don't know who did the, the incidental music throughout, but I really enjoyed the, the music throughout this, including the synthesizer, obviously. But just the, the music throughout just uh, really set the tone. Um, I don't know why it just really caught my attention in this case. Maybe it's just coming from these earlier seasons where it was, uh, as we're kind of jumping back through here, that there's a lot of kind of stock music. Um, I really enjoyed it. Let's this. talk. Let's. Um, 
talk a little bit about the casting though like do you know or did you look up why the brigadier is not in this because they reference the brigadier <clears throat> yep he tries but he was to... in geneva is that true he... well that's what they said he was in geneva so they no, 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 i mean come. but the the actor well, why? was he like yeah. doing something else or was there just so no this is the last unit story i think this is they said it's the only one where none of the established other unit characters yeah. were and, present and it seemed a but little there was odd a... because it took me like like, is this person a unit person, or we're we just dealing with like this uh, weird department in the UK that's all about plant life? And like, so like, right. where? Right. What's the connection? And then they, they, you know, he literally does try to get the brigadier, and he's not available. Uh, I think from what I read, they said there just wasn't enough in the story for unit to do to warrant bringing back any of the, the brigadier or any of the other characters from unit. So it didn't matter. We had Harrison Chase, all. and that was enough. And his. That's... Just putting uh, blood in his gardens and playing that. Yeah, that's not out. how a composter works. You don't just shred it and, th- and spit it out into the yard. He does. I mean, I guess he does. He's got a special I, machine. I mean, obviously, it's working because the grounds. I love that as, great. as an environment for them to not only set the tone and and um, you know of the entire place, but there's so much action that goes on in there as they're trying to escape and getting you know chased around both by the monsters and by the goons with guns. Um, just the grounds of the place was a, was such a nice setting. So between that and then you have the completely different setting of Antarctica. Um, yeah, and that yeah, there's just a lot going on. The settings, I think the the first two being that prologue, mm-hmm. and then the four parter. The fact that they were in such unique locations really mm-hmm. made it not feel so dragged out. I mean, yes. you had you had you could have just had that first story as a two parter, and it sort of would have worked. I mean, you right. had a lot of things going on. You had one ver, you know. There's two pods, so you, you fight the first pod. That one it, blows up at the end. So there's the yeah. yeah. You had it worked perfectly. <laughs> yeah. um, what was I going to say? I can't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, the what I liked was how much detail and attention was put into the life cycle of these creatures. So we got to see how they were pods. How yeah. they then go. You know, they start they take growing. Over. Yeah, a body, and then they mutate the body, yeah. and then they keep growing, and then they hit, hit like, that stage where they're going to germinate or whatever, and, like, right. that's going to spread more pods. And so they, they put a lot of thought into the bad, uh, the monster. The baddie in this one. Yeah. Um, also and it's an old I... monster, right? It's a monster the, the doctor the was aware is. of. Oh, oh no, oh, no, no. Oh, I, mean, I mean, as far yes. as the world goes. Yes, the doctor is aware of them. He kind of, he suspected that's what it was to begin with when he saw the photographs and when he went to see it in person, he knew that's what it was. And obviously seemed to know a lot about the fact that they travel in pairs and how they work on the planets and, and take them over. Um, what I was going to say is I was, uh, when I was reading about this, the, this story wasn't supposed to be the finale. Um, but was it hand was, of doom? <laughs> it was not hand of doom. It was, Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. I don't remember. Everyone shout it out at once. Cause you know at home what it is. Um, but because of script script plot problems uh, with the next one, they move this up. That one they had booked um, the camera equipment and post processing to be able to do the um, uh, like chroma key, so they could do uh, insert backgrounds and whatnot. So that allowed them to actually create the much larger monster than they would have otherwise. So this it is kind of cool because you don't really tend to see monsters that are the what do you say St. Patrick's Cathedral is how big it's going to get. And it, it is huge, um, towering over the entire mansion and 
sending its uh, tentacles inside and, and breaking through windows and, and everything. Um, that was really cool. It wouldn't near has been nearly as effective, I think, uh, a monster had it just been a you know twice normal human size uh, being. But the fact that it got so huge and was knocking down the cottage and uh, uh, basically the size of the entire mansion was pretty cool. I love that too. The, that, the that creature part... effect wasn't awesome. And it was fine. It was it was a guy in a big rubber suit, which was it was all one all of those the, knocks yeah, that, that you always stuff, get. But I did like when it it became. You know, you go genre to genre with these things. But when you're in the yeah. house, it very much felt like a Night of the Living Dead type. Yes. You're in a house, and you're trying to board up the walls, and then yes. the plants are coming through the, the windows and everything. I thought that was <laughs> There was one moment where they tell Hargraves that they have to uh, uh, board up all the windows on the first floor. And he's just very nonplussed about, as you wish, sir. <laughs> he just goes and walks away. It's like, Okay. You do see what's going on here. I did, see, I did see in some uh, looking up that this is also shot on video. I don't know if you could tell. Outdoor like the video. The exteriors yeah. were video as opposed to yeah. being film. Yeah. Which is, uh, but know. it was pretty effective. It didn't look like it was um, the cheaper video that you see later. So this was, this was pretty good. So the culmination of this to take down uh, the creature is to call in an airstrike. Which I thought was an unusual thing for a Doctor Who story. I don't Why? Because they had that footage of the the airplane shooting the missile that they could just play three oh, times oh, in a row. over and over <laughs> for again. each for each blast. It would have been nice had they like taken the middle one and just reversed the footage, flipped it the other direction. <laughs> oh so no! Like, and then it blew up the plane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but that you know, you know I mean it's not like that's not a typical way that you would defeat a baddie in a Doctor Who story. It's usually something much more... Um, he's using his wits to outsmart him or whatever. I, I don't know. It just it worked and it was fine. It was just unexpected to me. They had brought out the laser beam to shoot the monster, but that for some reason just didn't do anything to it. Um, so blowing it up with the with the missiles was was the way that it ended it's just unexpected i don't know yeah That's it. yeah that whole they're getting the lasers right and the, the flashing right. lights that that was right that, that effect wasn't and that good the effect wasn't good <laughs> and it did go on for uh, several minutes of them shooting it and it didn't do anything but uh that was fine it's all what, good what else we got what else we got uh, I just okay. liked it so much dan i didn't take that many notes uh so shame on too- me you were too into it. I mean, but Baker did wear a chair on his head at one point. Like, there's there's parts in that are in this story that are like that that are so crazy. Yeah, there's one scene when they're in the, I think I believe it's the the Sarah Jane and the Doctor have already figured out that it's connected to the uh, millionaire, right? Harrison, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, they go to the corrupt guy, Dunbar. and they have that meeting. And yep. there's like a cut, and the doctor's got the chair in his head. He literally has the chair over his head, and then he walks over and puts it down. I don't recall that. But that's <laughs> you that's wonderful. It yeah, the, I will All find right. a, a still of that. But it's just well. So I mean, I'm going to make the gift, so I'll so make sure I get silly. that one. Like it doesn't really, but it it totally works. Yeah, I mean, everything so he does about in this just works. I I mean, there's a... moments when they're when they're in the cottage, and they're the first time that that the Keeler monster is gigantic, and they're in the cottage, and they got trapped in there. And uh, uh, we have the moment between the doctor and Scorby. Um, the, the plant says, if you send out the doctor, I'll let you live. And Scorby's like, yeah, that's a great plan. Let's just send him out there and save ourselves. And the doctor just has this moment of, you know, just 
completely shouting at him and freaking out, like, what are you doing? Of course I'm going to, you know, just that, that whole moment. He being able to jump between, it's just, it's just Tom Baker being able to jump between um, comedy and the emotion like that in a way that is convincing and not at all, um, even though it could be over the top, he makes it work. No, I think that's why he's the perfect doctor for me because he can be serious, Mm -hmm. deadly serious and uh, intimidating Mm-hmm. And also disarming and charming and funny and witty and all of those things. And pretty. And pretty. Uh, I love that the flower monster had a little dinky flower coming off of it. Like it had its own little thing. Like just lapel. Hanging. It was like the saddest little green <laughs> thing with a little <coughs> uh, folded up piece of cloth that was supposed to be a flower. It was, it was not a good looking costume. No, it wasn't a good looking costume. The... The fact that it just felt when like you there saw was, up. that there were stagehands on the floor just rustling ferns, <laughs> like like that was a little bit. There was this story uh, could have went south easily. I mean, you have it's but, like the M Night Shyamalan movie where they're being chased by the wind. I mean, you have the like, happening. That's one of his best. Where the literally, like you're saying, people are shaking trees and they're yes, supposed to be right. scared. But I, I it kind of worked. I like the exactly. idea. It was plants... because their performances, I think, carried it. Yeah. It's the perfor- the overall idea and the performances, even if some of the execution, like sh- shaking a fern, on its own, really wouldn't work that well. But, yeah. It's a plant's overall. world, man. It's a plant's, 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 plant world. Um, I think that's it. I don't know. I got nothing else to say about I, it, except I, it's super I, fun. I feel like I liked it too much to even have anything to say about it. I just like it. I got Scorby was such a good actor. And we talked a little bit about his arc, which was really interesting because he does become a quote unquote good person. I mean, he's throwing the Molotov cocktail and like he's right. buying time for people, but he's always invested in himself. Like everything. And that was, was his undoing at the end. Yes. Was that and he, that's what was he so good about it. Could have stayed with them and helped, but he tried to make a break for it and got drowned by vines. I mean, it's a sad story too. It's I mean, a the for all of us. the uh renegade botanist whatever that guy's name was like his end is that scene where he's killer yeah. changing and he's he knows he's going right is horrifying like right. that's like a, it, a cronenberg body horror uh, moment of the right of the, of the shoot and then when he Strapped sees sarah jane and he's like you got to help exactly. me and she's like i can't help you either and he has got nothing yeah and he's dead yeah there there was and he gets shot a with bit missiles. of psychological <laughs> psychological horror going on there yeah, and then so what? What's the deal? They they the first scientist introduces ultraviolet radiation on it, right? Or he puts it under a it's heat under lamp a lamp and it's, something. it's sucking up the ultraviolet and that sort of. And then the next one, they inject it with fixed nitrogen, as you would with a plant. They were just like feeding it plant food, basically. Right. So it was just sort of. I don't know if there was there. So there's nothing more to it than them Not wanting to say fixed nitrogen versus what I did sunlight. like about the. The pot effect, how, the way that it opened up on its hinges and then that tendril came out of it. The first, especially the very first one, we're in Antarctica, and that happens to the first um, scientist. Um, very alien, yeah. uh, the movie looking. But this is so far before that, um, which is pretty awesome. But it, but it is exactly that sort of effect of it kind of peeling back and opening. Well, what, um, year, and what year was this? This is 76? 76. Yeah. 76, yeah. Um, so Alien was 79, I believe. Uh, yep. So, so that was pretty cool, um, and that that first effect, especially of the tendril coming out and wrapping itself around the arm, um, was particularly effective. I really enjoyed that. So, even though there were moments like uh, a man in a big rubber suit, then there were these other technical moments that were just um, perfectly executed. I think. 
pretty cool. The makeup was great too when when you were human, like when you were still a human and you saw like how they were being infected by the yeah. The it was creature. almost like plant boils. Yeah, it was it was where, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, I forgot. Uh, what I also wanted to talk about is more of the horrifying aspect of this. Okay. How great was the scene in the prologue, the f- first two chapters, when the the first guy is infected, and they're looking at the um, I forget the the guy character's name, and they're like, "You got to cut his arm off." Oh yeah, that's and right. He's like, "No, I don't. No. I don't. This is not what I do." And they're like, "This is the situation we're in. There's no help. Help's coming, but it's shut down." And the and- doctor's even like, "You could you could try to cut his arm off." It might not even work. It right. might just buy us a little time. So it's not even like you do this and we're going to save him and save the earth. It's like eh, it might not even do yeah. anything. That scene was great, though, because, like, yeah. you know, that would happen. And he was the most qualified to do it. Right. But then he didn't have to because then shortly later he uh, he gets killed. Right. Well, he kills right. people and then, then blows up. But yeah. No, I mean the guy who's going to do the cutting. Oh, he gets he killed. gets right. like he gets hit in the head, right the... or something. Right. In the, he he meets up with the guy. But that was such a like when intense scene of like your friend. Like they've been living together for I don't know how many months in close confinement. Right. And right. now he's got to cut his arm off. Right. Like, that's just that's yeah. Twisted. That's a good point. I'm glad you I remember that. That was pretty good. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Well, Eric, we're not the only ones who seem to enjoy this. Oh, do we story. have feedback? So I guess we're we done. Got feedback. Do we have anything? To, anything you want to say? Uh, no, no, no. I think uh, I think we covered it. I mean, this is this is. It's it's easier when there's a lot to like dissect and ding about a story as yeah. opposed to one that we just enjoy. It's just it's hard. I mean, you could just keep going back. Remember that part? That's so fun. I mean, I think what you're saying, through, Dan, is it's fun. easier to criticize than it is to compliment. I guess. Yeah, it's true. We complimented the crap out no, of the story. Didn't. I'm just saying. We complimented like the crap. You can riff for um, hours on when something's terrible. So let's see. We got some. Uh, thank you for the guys for the uh, impromptu or last moment feedback. Um, like I said, we are recording this way early, as you know. So uh, on Twitter, Victoria Chambers says, This is one of my favorite classic Who episodes. Love watching Tom Baker straight up crash through the ceiling to save Sarah Jane. Yeah, pretty okay. cool moment. Like I talked about last time um, in Inferno, that we have Pertwee being an action hero, and who <laughs> who decided that man could be an action star? But uh, Tom got to do the same thing in this, and you know he he has many other times too. But that was that was straight up pretty awesome. But he always so, looks like he oh. can't believe he just did the thing. Like he's like right, <laughs> right, right, right. A little, where, where a little startled. He's trying to be confident and like and Tom Baker James Bond like the opposite. Yeah, there was the one moment. Um, that uh, the doctor grabs, I think it's Scorby, grabs him by the head and twists his neck, and you hear a snap, yeah. and he drops to the ground. And did you have the same moment of like, oh, I was crap. like, oh my god, he murdered that guy. He just murdered, straight but then up you murdered see, him. You see him, you see him later just getting up, and it's, he just knocked him out. It was just straight. They, did, they just shouldn't have used the now standard spine snapping sound effect for that instead of just kind of like done a sleeper hold on him but that was really startling and felt very strange if he had actually straight up murdered someone in cold blood with his hands i'm not sure i would have felt about that um but that didn't happen so it's okay um we got another some more feedback from uncle beard on the twitter saying i wish we had seen more of scorby jim chalice uh, after this story 
He's known in the UK for a comedy role. Oh, wow. to see him uh, bring up uh, to see him being nasty. Starting over. Come on, Dan. I wish we had seen more of Scorby. Yep. John Chalice after this story. Good job. He's known in the UK for a comedy role. So to see him being a nasty git in this is great. I love it when the henchmen get to do more in stories. Yeah, this is this is I think yeah. we've said it multiple times, but what a well written tale. And cast acted. I have feedback as well, so when you're done or if you want to sure. let me know we'll when to go, I will go. I will let you know when to go. I got the rest of the night here. Uh, Daniel Smith also on the Twitter says, uh, couldn't get past episode three, so I need to rewatch oh. it. From what I did watch, it was okay, but nothing outstanding for Doctor Who, since I feel that a lot of the stories during the 70s felt a bit too similar. There was not enough uh, change in how the show was produced. Okay. I don't know if so I agree with that. I mean, maybe slightly, it's, I, slightly I'm, different I, I, this is my fine. favorite period, so... Maybe I right, just right, like right. the same thing, but I feel like this is this was much different than Brain of Morbius, which preceded it. Yeah, I don't really know any, many stories that were structured in this way that felt so separate but together. Like I don't remember really having a two part prologue like this that fed into a bigger story and it was all part of the same serial. Right? That, no, that I, I could I don't easily either. think of. Apparently, there was, like, there was what a... about this one. Apparently there was a rumor that this was originally a four-parter and that the first two were added later, but that is a rumor. It is not true. It was always supposed no, to be six parts. it was parts. a good choice. Um, but that just speaks to the fact that it really could have been um, those self-contained stories almost. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, our friend Harrow the Hound says, uh, Hinchcliffe loved riffing on old horrors, so it's great that 1951's The Thing from Another World gets a great Who treatment six years before Carpenter's 1982 remake. Feels a lot like a Troughton base under siege story, and this eco conscious tale recycles crinoid costumes from the axons. So, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. And I, that, that thing, you know, that the, love that, um, that movie, the thing. There you go. But I never saw the uh, original, so, you know. No, I, I didn't either. Um, just, just John, John Carpenter, because that's where we're coming from. And uh, I think that's it from the Twitters, unless I missed anything else. But I think that's all of that. You said you had some yeah, feedback Facebook, to check out as well. We've got some uh, feedback as well on this uh, particular episode. So Harmony Haven Soap Opera writes, One of the best classic Who serials. Tom and Liz are in excellent form. Uh, Chase chews so much scenery. I'm surprised there's any left when he finished. When he's finished, yes. Scorby is fantastic. Three dimensional character. Completely agree. Definitely in my top yep. ten. Cliffhanger to episode three is the is the one of the best in the series history. Now I don't remember. I think that's Sarah often. Jane getting held down when she's okay. captured. She's go- she's possibly going to get infected by the plants. Okay, it's pretty cool. P.S. How happy I. Am I that you're both continuing the podcast and going back through stories that you missed? Well, thank you. Uh, and then there is a, an animated GIF of Brad Pitt from uh, Burn After Reading. So, oh, good. That's there you go. Uh, next up, so thank you uh, for writing that. Uh, Mark Inslee writes. I abs- am I supposed to be saying people's last names? I don't know how. This I don't works. think it Sure, fine. Privacy. <laughs> you guys all Privacy check. Privacy. You guys all check that uh, accept box. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely check your terms. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I absolutely love this story. If I were introducing someone to Classic Who, this is one of the stories I would use. I, I think that's yeah. a good plan. It is one of the few stories of six parts which doesn't feel too long or drag in parts. The pacing is excellent. I think this is down to the story being a two-part story and a four-part story put together. Parts one yeah. and two dealing with and resolving the situation situation in the Arctic base and parts three to six dealing with the plot in England. That change of location really keeps the story feeling fresh. Well, you, Mark, if you ever want to replace me, (laughs) feel like you're hitting all of uh, the points that I made. Uh, This story has one of the strongest and most memorable guest casts. I particularly love Scorby played by John Chalice of only fools and horses fame. And I, also love Harrison Chase's avant-garde synth tunes. See, Mark is replacing me. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Yeah, we did, Mark. And we I, loved it. You and I are on the same page on a lot of this. Okay, Jeff yep, Waddle yep. writes, in, easily in my top five Who stories of all time. Maybe because it's so unlike any other Who. And I agree with that. And, and, and in your face, previous writer <laughs> who said it was too much like the you can only okay. have our opinions it's much more like an Avengers story and i don't mean the superheroes harrison chase is camp and wonderful as the villain just so a campy. pity they that. couldn't get nick courtney as the brig back that would have just been the icing on an already scrumptious cake well thank you uh Jeff. agreed 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 yeah. and we do have uh we do have one email um to read and us particularly about this story about about the show in general but you sent us an email so we're gonna read it read it this is this is from our friend uh our new friend mike uh he says hello i started following your show on twitter a year or so ago mainly for the gifts oh look at you dan i know reeling them in with the gifts then they have to sit through listen to us blabber uh but finally started listening to a couple episodes starting with uh vengeance on varos and then your new inferno review in parentheses inferno might be my favorite pertwee episode at first, I was annoyed because it's clear you guys don't know the old show at all <laughs> and can't even pronounce the All right, well, correctly. hold on. Can we just pump the brakes? <laughs> Why not? Why? This is great. you and I have been doing the show now for four years, and we keep we saying, 81. we keep saying, like, yeah, but Dan, like, uh, Eric and I, uh, if I'm you or Dan, that we, uh, we're new to the show so we, we you never know, it's say like, that. But at this we, point, we probably have watched more Doctor Who <laughs> than most people. Yeah, like we're, we're coming not, in on four years of Doctor Who. The I, point is, we just don't. We we like to watch it and we're, talk about it, and not. That's it. Have that's it. There it. are so <laughs> many. Obviously, there's so many podcasts out there that are exhaustive about all of the right. backstory. But I just and, imagine like and the continuity, the ins and outs. We we literally watch a story, talk about it, and then immediately flush it out of our brains, never right. to think it's about from it. Years again. Of, of of whatever you want to fill in the blank. Uh, I'm gonna, but it's I, gonna be like our 10 year anniversary. We're new to like, Doctor well, Who. You know, we it's the first time I'm not really. Familiar between the Tom Baker. Do you understand? There's a Tom and a Colin. <laughs> uh, but go on. Wait, how many doctors are there? <laughs> okay, so going on uh, with this uh, fair and accurate yes, uh, response any, to our, you know, you run a right ascent. We like totally it. fine. Totally fine. Um, at first, I was annoyed because it's clear you guys don't know the old show at all and can't even pronounce names correctly. But oh, I like the that. The more but... I listened. I started liking the format. Hey. I watched most of the old shows numerous times. It's interesting hearing a perspective of people who have never seen them before. Thank you. Uh, you certainly catch aspects of the show that I missed, probably because I was eight years old with the first time I watched it. Not because we have eight-year-old <laughs> mentality. That's fine. 
not exactly attuned to subtlety, and my impression of the show is probably colored by that. I'll attribute your failure to remember Joe Grant's name to authenticity. I remember Joe Grant's you do. name. I'm sure I probably don't. I'm just ter- I can't remember people's names that I've met like in the last ten years. So if I, ha- I just can't. I meet. Like, I make Eric put on a name tag before we start recording, so I can constantly refer to it. I just constantly call people man, regardless of gender. Chief. It's a terrible thing. For the first few years that Eric and I worked together, he just called me buddy. So that's fine. Yeah. He can't remember anything. That's um, like the secret origin story of Doctor Who we can do because I, I actually interviewed you for your job at you the did. company. Remember that? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I think did. I asked you what flower you would want to be if you could be a flower. <laughs> I think if I asked somebody that now, I'd probably get fired. Probably. It was like a, the worst. I can't imagine what was in your head, like interviewing at that company. And then I was sitting at the other end. I don't think I asked you any questions about front end code. It was just nope. like, so you like uh, Mr. Show? Like it was. <laughs> Eh, the rest is history. That's fine. Um, finishing up here, I probably need to listen to some other uh, of those, some of those other podcasts about Doctor Who show to compare. But for now, I'll give you a solid four out of five stars. Well, Keep up the good work. That's very kind. Thank you. And, uh, and forget and, about that. And lastly, he says, and if I'm honest with myself, I'm probably just hoping this review gets right on your yeah, show. Yeah, done. And it does. And and done. to reiterate, while I did say we we've watched four years worth, we are still well, watching shows for the first time. Like we never, yes. I've never seen seeds of. Uh, and I was doom. about to say Seeds of doom Death. death. Uh, seeds death, of death doom. Doom Dooms. We have a new iTunes review, unless you have something else. Uh, sorry, one last. Let's just oh, do one quick geez. last email. Holy. Uh, this is specifically for you, Eric, oh, I think. Oh, nice. Cool end credits songs. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, our listener, Mark, says, I was wondering who chose the songs to play at the end of your podcasts. That's me. That would be all Mr. Eric doing all of the editing on the show. I'm guessing it's not that easy to pick a song that relates to the episode, so just wanted to say there's some great choices, and I've discovered some songs I hadn't heard before thanks to you. Parentheses, I wish I had an evil twin. There's a world going on underground. Brilliant work, guys. Can't wait to hear what you pick for the next episode. See ya. So, Eric, how do you go about picking the some, songs? Uh, some stories are easier than others. Sure. Some they are. It's clear and they're obvious, and other ones I have to think about for a little bit. And sometimes I think the connection isn't always completely obvious, but there's usually some thread uh, between the story and either something we say, like you and I say, that triggers it, or it's a thing in the actual story itself. In in the this is the eighty first actual story that we reviewed. I think in all that time. Maybe I've made three recommendations of songs I never, for the I end, used and, and you, I think you maybe used one of them. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> <laughs> because you were going to use it already anyway. <laughs> I will say this too, uh, because of my memory issues. There's been a couple times where I nearly used the same song again, where I was like, "Oh, I'll just use this one," and then I have to look up like, "Oh, I used that already on." So that it, should we just do a uh, a Spotify Spotify? Flip, flippity flat. Spotify or uh, Apple Music sure, playlist. If you want to do that, that'd be kind of cool. No, I mean, it'd be interesting because I don't. You, you I started set one up in, in them. YouTube. On YouTube, some, uh, I think it was Chuck, had written in and said he would like the music or wanted to know if there was a list. And I and I had put together, and you can still find it on YouTube, outro. It was like the old Doctor Who show right, account, right, right. outro music. And I gave up doing that. Like what I meant to ago. say is, shouldn't some of our fans go together oh, and put together? That's, <laughs> that's what I meant to say. That's, oh, and if yeah. you're if you're asking our fans to do something, yeah, I have I noticed that when I'm watching these classic Doctor Who uh, stories, 
that yes. sometimes I will open up the Wikipedia page yeah. and I will see uh, character names or when in the beginning when I'm reading what year it came out, what, what all that stuff. A lot of stuff uh-huh. I get from Wikipedia. And at the bottom of every entry of a show, it has a collection of reviews and like what people thought of it. Oh, sure. In the broadcast and reception section. And they always yep. quote, sometimes they quote AV Club about whatever reviewer said. Or right. a lot of times they always uh, quote Paul Paul Cornell. Paul Cornell, who is a Doctor Who writer and comic book writer, whatever. He had, he had a uh, discontinuity. Yes. The, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, the guide that right. they quote. There is no reason why what we say could, have, could also be uh, put in here as feedback since we are now covering just about all of these. Yeah. Although I'm sure if you pulled some of my lines and actually put them in print, uh, it may not look as nice as Paul Cornell. But I think it's fun. a review by the old Doctor Who show is, is a yeah, lot of I'm not of saying you have, right to, you have to do that or you should do it. No, I'm just saying you should. you should do it and you have to do it because if, if you don't do it, we'll stop what it's for. doing what That's what it's for. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are we done? Eric, no, you I said we a had a... Uh, we yes, have a, something yes. important. Listen, if you had a frown, Boo-boo. it's going to get turned upside down right now. Uh, because this one comes from BBB Bronx. BB Bronx. Uh, this was from July 28th. So just a few days ago, they must have heard me complaining about the two-star review <laughs> that we had gotten uh, just prior. Enlarges the world around Doctor Who. Five stars. Five. <laughs> Eric and Dan. That's Pew. me and you. Yep. Uh, are masters of pop culture and oh, put boy. classic Doctor Who in perspective by giving the show context, both from the time the episodes were made as well as from right now, as fans watch the show. That part. They don't delve, uh, I can never uh, pedantically. Pedantically, do each letter at a time. <laughs> in, I'm the writer into the show's yes. history and continuity, but instead give a fresh real-time take on a great classic show. I also really enjoy the deep friendship shared by these two lovely guys. That is a Aww. super nice uh, review, so thank you, uh, BB Bronx, uh, wherever you are. Bronx! Uh, may you have uh, sweet, pleasant dreams this evening. Yeah, or whenever you choose to. Yeah, I don't know. You sleep during so, the day. I don't know. I don't know what your schedule's uh, like. All I know is you're good <laughs> people. And we love you. So... You can be just like BB Bronx and put a, a review on the iTunes store in your home country. Uh, we'll eventually get those and be able to read them on the show. You can uh, catch us on Twitter at TODW Show, on Instagram at the same place, on Facebook at TODWS. You can send us an email uh, to the old Doctor Who Show at gmail.com or check out the show page at uh, theolddoctorwhoshow.com that'll have all of the individual stories, the reviews, the audio files are there as well as the gifts for each one, uh, many more than what show up on Twitter. You think I put a bunch of Twitter? I put about a quarter of them that I make um, are on Twitter. The rest are all on the show page there. You can see what we have coming up next, which uh, is Kinda. Yep, We're not kinda. kinda. And I'm, We're kinda being doing real kinda. good about not saying kinda, and I can't wait for it. I'm very yep. excited for it. Very much looking forward to that. So that is next. And if you wanted to, you know, send us a physical good, that is a thing you could do as well. Eric, if someone wanted to send you a package, uh, where would they send it? Well, I don't remember it offhand, Dan. It's a P.O. Box. P.O. Box 2131, Red Bank, New Jersey, 07701. That's yes, the one. I should get that US. tattooed oh, I, uh, on my arm. And I think... 
Yeah, I think that's that it. I mean, we've, we've pretty much we pleaded at the end uh, more than normal. Uh, so I won't tell about you. About the same yeah, as normal. I won't tell you to share the link and tell your friends about the podcast. Because whatever's happening do. is actually working. Because when I do search the podcast now, we are moving up on those iTunes rankings, if that makes Which you Which is really all we yourself. want in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, thank you guys all for right. listening. Yeah, that's enough. And, Thanks, uh, everyone. Bye-bye. Peace. They keep us apart from the other kids. They try to keep us from each other. When no good is what they say, but we just see this world in a different way. We're Can't be made with